just because you see a kid riding a horse does not mean it is a kid horse. <laughs> All kids are not created equal <laughs> with their riding experience. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Good morning. Good morning. Are we awake yet? <laughs> Absolutely not, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my week has been very boring. It's just been work. Launches yeah. are always, anytime I launch anything, it's always very stressful, but also more so because I have to work all weekend as well. And that just mm -hmm. like, I never, I don't get my reset time. Like weekends are my reset time. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I've really launched something where I've had to work on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I am not made to work on the weekends. With, with <laughs> this. Like it really just overstimulates my system. Like normally it's like, okay, I can work till this time and then I'm going to like, things are going to slow down and I can breathe for a second. But when you don't get that time to actually just breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of breathing, it reminded me of Thea and what me and her did this week. So she's my six-year-old daughter for our listeners that don't know. And um, she wanted to do a girl's night this week. Because Trip goes to, my eight-year-old boy goes to wrestling in the evenings most nights. So I was like, hey, let's have a girls' night. So me and her went and did a face mask and got pictures with our, like, mud on our face. <laughs> and we painted our nails. And uh, But she is so cute, though, because she loves meditation. Like, she really? loves it. Yeah. And so afterwards, um, she was sitting in bed, and I had gone in. To her brother's room and then when I came back into her room she was sitting there in like classic meditation pose right with like <laughs> her hands her palms upward on her, <laughs> on her thighs and, and she goes mom meditating helps me sleep better <laughs> and I'm like oh, you are six like I love that you know this already <laughs> that's hilarious so she cracks me up but I'm like I need to just follow in her footsteps and just like meditate breathe meditate yeah <laughs> <laughs> Definitely had to do a few of those. It was nice because my husband and I went on that moonlight snowshoeing trip that I told you about, which it was nice, but I like, I had such a hard time being present. Like as we're going, we're like in this beautiful mountain area with like really pretty water streams coming down. Like it's just beautiful. And I'm sitting there thinking about like all of my clients. What do I need to do for them? Oh, I should switch this workout to this workout. Oh, my, you know, like I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Present, present. It was very hard, but that is so cute. I wonder, I wonder if, if there's something to that, like, cause she's the one that you did the hypno birthing to with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I wonder if it like translated a little bit. Cause it's very normal <laughs> to have a six-year-old be like, yes, I love meditation. <laughs> right. Well, and Trip actually likes it too. So I do this guided one with both of them where um, like they'll tell me they have bad dreams, which it's actually not really dreams. It's it's right before they go to sleep where they like, so I guess it's daydreams right before they fall asleep that sometimes will get in their head and, and make them a little bit worried. And so the meditation that I do with them is this one where they close their eyes and then I talk about a beam of light 
over their head that comes into their head and then it fills, you know, and you talk about each part of the body that this light fills and then you give the light a color. And sometimes I'll pick the color and sometimes I'll let the kids pick the color, but Trip will request that one if he's feeling upset. He's like, mom, will you do the light thing? Will you do the light thing? So I'm like, I don't know. I was never exposed as much to meditation at a young age. Definitely heard about it, but like most of the meditation stuff we talked about before is like you think of like Rafiki doing his little like um like you know <laughs> yep. Um, so like actually practicing it, um, I I didn't do a lot. So I'm excited that my kids actually like it and like feel a calming benefit from it. Um, so that hopefully it's something that they'll turn to in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that one is a very similar one that I'll use like in my yoga classes mm-hmm. at the very end when they're in corpse pose. Cause man, it's like, people are like, wow, I like, it's the most relaxing thing. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I feel like, like corpse pose in general, like if you know what yoga is, co- corpse pose is where you're laying on the ground with your hands out to the side, palms up and your feet are just like hip width and you're just relaxing. That's what corpse pose is. And that's one that like I always end my yoga classes on because it just it allows them to relax and kind of connect and then walking them through that like I've had I've had a couple of kids fall asleep like because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it with the football team and there was one kid who just fell asleep you know and we're like mm. okay somebody like go tap him awake like know? go wake him up please <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome I love that yeah. I love that you're cute little connected kids yeah, it was a good girls' night. <clears throat> oh yeah, I can't even remember the last time I had a girls' night like that. That was so fun. Oh my gosh, I had stress sleep last night where I was oh. like awake a lot. Right. I'm sorry. And so now I'm just like, if my brain functions through this episode, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you've got me where I'm like, I I've been wearing my watch to bed, and I've been getting like 20 minutes maybe of deep sleep every night for the last three weeks. I'm like yeah I'm ready to just call it a day (laughs) yeah I can't believe how much more deep sleep I get than Larry right he he gets like two hours two and a half hours max that's a lot I get at least three of deep sleep mm mm-hmm that's sometimes sometimes four like I sleep so well (laughs) Camry Like that's like a poke you see if you're still alive. <laughs> that's a, like, that's a lot because I get I average between like 20 minutes and an hour. Like if I'm sleeping well, I'll get like an hour, hour and a half of deep sleep. That's like wow, really good sleep. Um, and Eric will sometimes get up to two, but that's it. Like four, really? three and four. That's a lot. I feel See, like I didn't know what was like normal. So I was like, oh, okay. And then Larry was like, I got two. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Both of you. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I want that. <laughs> Me and my 20 minutes over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's crazy. Man. I feel like, I feel like average is about an hour, like 30 minutes to an hour. I feel is average when I was looking at it. That's a lot of deep sleep you guys get. (laughs) We're just zombies. It's fine. (laughs) Larry, for the first time ever since I have known him, talked in his sleep last night. (laughs) Really? For the first time? (laughs) 
it was all like gibberish. It wasn't anything coherent, but oh my gosh, he, so, so I was up and, you know, I was awake and asleep and awake and asleep and, and I was awake one time. And then all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> That's so funny. Eric, Eric sleepwalks and sleep talks and like, will have full on conversations with me, like coherent really? conversations with me, but he will not remember them in the morning. So I've gotten to where I'm like, if it's after midnight I'm like yeah you you're asleep like you're not gonna <laughs> go to bed honey I'm not talking to you uh, go to sleep <laughs> he's like, it, which sucks because I am such a light sleeper and he is so deep like I can crawl over the top of him literally like crawl over the top of him to get out of bed and he will not wake up where if he moves I'm like up <laughs> so he'll like have conversations with me or like get upset in his sleep oh goodness all right well Let's get what started. To look for. <laughs> this is part two of our So You Want to Buy a Horse episode. And we talked before a lot about the budgeting aspect and the time it takes and um, considering vacation time, things like that. So now we're going to go into more of the specifics of what to look for in your first horse. So I will let Michaela start um, because she has worked a lot with a lot of kids and beginners with her lesson program that she did in Provo. So yeah, Michaela, take it away. The first thing I want to say is it doesn't matter what the horse looks like. Don't go for pretty, <laughs> go for experience, go for, you know, soundness. Um, I had a lot of clients that would get stuck on whether or not like the horse was really pretty or a certain color, even if the horse wasn't a good fit for them. So just throw that out and realize it doesn't matter what the horse looks like as long as they're going to keep you safe. But having a horse that's at least 10 years old is a really good idea. Don't, don't get caught up in that mindset of, oh, I want my kid to grow up with a horse. That is not a good mindset to walk into when you're buying a horse. Green and green do not mix well like it just doesn't go well so at least 10 years old you're gonna get normally at 10 years old if they've been you know well ridden their whole lives you're gonna get a horse that's got more experience it's not gonna be super spooky is going to be able to be more patient with your child or you as you're learning as well horses younger than that tend to get impatient I feel like and Cameron maybe you can speak to this too but horses younger than that will have a harder time being patient with you because they're also in that stage of continuing to learn as well. Where around 10 years old or older, they're going to have that foundation of where they've learned all the things and they can kind of like ignore the little ticks that you might have or the little nuances you're going to have as you're learning as well. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and even then like 10 isn't just a forever and always thing like there are some 10 year olds that were started as eight year olds you know we're talking about 10 year olds that have at least five years of riding experience so make sure it is an experienced 10 year old as well just to kind of clarify that <laughs> yeah and not like five years of getting ridden twice a year look for that horse's history make sure that okay have they been in 4-h like a 4-h horse is going to be a pretty good horse because they've been involved in a lot of things they've probably been ridden by multiple different people a 4-h prospect is a pretty good prospect for a beginner normally 
normally. <laughs> there are going to be some that are that are on the higher levels of that end, but um, if they can do the beginner classes and do pretty well, like if you can even go watch a show, watch them show their horse in, in the beginner classes and just watch how they react to how whoever's riding them is riding them and and to the different things that go on. And then that's pretty good. Um, but I think something to remember too is like a horse isn't fully developed until like seven years of age. So anything younger than seven and you're dealing with a horse that's still developing themselves, like both body and mind, you know? Um, and so, so anything younger than that, you have to realize you're, you're still building on a, some sort, you're still building up their foundation versus having a solid foundation on them. Um, which is why 10 years is a pretty good benchmark and then look at their history. Right. Yeah. Well, and it like, it makes me even think of Comanche right because how old is he oh i was like comanche who who are you my horse come your here. horse <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> you have not my brain but like who were you talking about <laughs> so yeah comanche turns 12 this year but he's pretty green because when was he started he was started maybe three four years ago but he's had a total of 40 rides on him including the rides i've put on him so he is very green still <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. But, and then also like with Comanche's temperament, he is very docile and very sweet. And he has a lot of like calm things about his disposition, but just because a horse is calm does not mean they are calm in every situation and does not mean they know how to handle a rider's cues and that they understand, um, you know, turn left, turn right, move your hip, move your shoulder, do all these things and be able to go and compete in these events. Um, so don't just go off of, oh, this horse is so calm and it's standing there mm -hmm. so quiet because, you know, even this, this Comanche that's 12 and seems so calm and you would think is just the brokest thing in the world might not be a good fit for a beginner. So yeah, yeah. take it no. all into consideration. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and it's like, like, I love Comanche as an example, actually, because Comanche is that horse, you can walk under his belly to switch feet that you're trimming. You can, you can slide off his back, you can do whatever, but you put him in the arena and he gets very like upset about little things, you know, on the trail, mm -hmm. he's amazing. He's an amazing trail horse. I really don't worry about him on the trail, which is kind of funny. Normally it would be opposite, but in the arena, little things really make him upset. And he gets, a, he gets a lot more reactive in, in an arena setting. Um, but like, yeah, little things like that. It's just realizing because, because yeah, I could probably put somebody who doesn't know much on him if we're going on a trail ride because that's what he knows and you don't have to have a lot of technique for that, you know, um, but putting him in an arena setting and, and he gets, he gets pretty wound up or putting him in with a bunch of other horses. We did a, a funeral parade with him with like, I don't know, there had to have been more than a hundred horses in there with a wagon. And that was kind of a disaster. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it, it was like, he did as good as he probably, as he possibly could have, but he's my husband's horse and my husband is still pretty a pretty a pretty beginner rider as well and this horse just really shows where he's a beginner at <laughs> he just had a hard time handling so it was like the wagon came in the wagon really scared most of the horses in our group um mm -hmm. and like I said there's like 100 horses so there's only a few horses that weren't like worried about this wagon 
and well my husband and his horse took off I'm like well I guess I'll see you at home <laughs> hang on good honey. luck babe because you know there's that point like I can't help you so <laughs> yeah well and that's another thing to point out too with older horses that I've noticed is they're a lot more secure in themselves even if other horses spook at something so like there, Comanche probably had a harder time with that wagon than he would have because the other horses were reacting to it. Yeah. So his lack of experience, like horses naturally, you know, if, if they're out in a herd and then their one horse starts running because they see a mountain lion or whatever, or they think they see a mountain lion, mm-hmm. um, then the rest of the herd follows and goes with kind of a thing. And yep. so it, it's normal for them to want to do something like that, but a more experienced horse with more training has learned to just let other horses do what they're doing um, and then be able to just maintain their composure and not mm-hmm. let that affect them so much. So that's another huge benefit to a very, very experienced horse mm-hmm. um, having been around a lot of different things like parades yeah. and 4-H events and rodeos and queening and, you know, all those kinds of things. So yes, 100%. Um, yeah. I feel like if we go into that analogy too, I feel like an older horse that has more experience with their riders too, just learn to make the rider a part of the herd and they tend to listen to the rider before they'll listen to these other strange horses that are going on, right? Like Sandy's kind of gotten to that point where she will tend to listen to me before she starts getting upset about what the other horses are doing. She'll kind of look at me and go, okay, are we going to get upset about this? You know, Um, (laughs) what are your thoughts on this, Michaela? (laughs) Right. Or, you know, she'll get antsy or something, but she's not about to just tear off and not listen at all, you know? Um, But that comes from a lot of miles that I've put on her and a lot of time that I've put on her. Um, But two, thinking about how adding a rider also increases the stress of a green horse because we'll take Comanche again, for example, he, and he's been going at Liberty with me all year. I've been doing trail rides and then I just let him run behind me at Liberty. And we've been going through gun ranges where people are shooting shotguns. We've, we've pushed cows with him at Liberty. We've done a whole lot of stuff, but when my husband wanted to ride with me, I was like, sure, we'll just go to this trail that we always do. That's by the gun range. And it was, it was funny to watch Comanche because man, just adding my husband to the mix and having him be ridden really increased his anxiety around, around the shots, which it's like, well, we'd been around the shots all summer. Didn't really think that, you know, he would even be phased by it, but it really stressed him out. I mean, not enough that he was going to blow or anything, but just enough that he's, oh, like not sure about this and, and kind of prancing a little bit. And I'm having to talk my husband through calming him down. Um, but there's a lot that a, a rider will add um, to a horse. So it's like Comanche is really solid on the ground, right? But you add a rider to the mix and he gets a little bit more stressed out. Yeah. And I think part of that too, especially with green horses, is if you think of just instinct with a horse, having something on their back with legs wrapped around it is not a safe feeling for a horse. You know, horses don't hug like we do you like wrapped around each other wrap their arms around each other so that's that's just, that's a pretty big instinct for them to want to run away from something on their back or to be nervous about something on their back because most of the time in a natural setting if they have something on their back it's going to be a predator you know <laughs> like it's and so it's I think there's a lot of just instinct that goes with that that like as as they get training they learn that 
you know, it's not a big deal, but in the beginning, especially where he's had so few rides, he's experienced with all this stuff without someone on his back and having, you know, a saddle and cinches and all these things squeezing around his belly. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a lot of instinct too, with the, with the green horses. So yeah, 100%. So summary go for something that's at least 10 years old or older but look at their history make sure that they've got at least five years of really solid riding experience not five years of once a year riding um just yeah look at their experience make sure it fits in now going into experience <laughs> um camry and i both have a lot of experience around this so if you are wanting a horse that's going to be really good for your kid a good 4-h horse or even a beginner horse getting a ranch horse probably isn't the best idea. Um, we like to think that they are, right? Because they've been ridden like crazy their whole lives and they are in the middle of all these tense situations. But ranch horses also come with expectations in mind of they have a job to do. That's what they need to do. And both Camry and I, and I'll speak to my experience really quick and then let Camry speak to hers. Um, in the last couple of years, we've helped some clients with horses and these clients have bought ranch style horses that you know even Camry and I looking at them going oh yeah they should be okay right they they look pretty calm they rode out pretty well they've got lots and lots of rides on them but man when our clients brought them home like my client brought his horse home and it was a different horse we we brought her home and she just could not handle the relaxed beginner life she started bucking she started rearing with them um lots of just different issues that were that were weird and issues that it was hard for me to recreate as a trainer as well. Cause I'd hop on and she'd be fine. Right. Um, but with my beginner rider who, who just bought her, she, she would blow up so fast and without warning. And a lot of it was because she was a horse that was used to having that experienced rider tell her exactly what to do, when to do it. And she had a job that she needed to focus on. So going from that to a position where she didn't have anything to focus on and the rider didn't know what they were doing was way too much for this horse. Yeah. And I mean, I had a couple experiences that were very, very similar to this with clients that bought horses. Um, so one of them was a, an older client and he wanted to get a horse that was just bomb proof, like been out in the mountains, been on the trails that he could just go and trail ride with his friends with. Um, and that didn't need a lot of maintenance. So he wanted kind of like we're talking about, he wanted the older, you know, in the teens, he wanted tons of experience. And so he bought this horse and he bought it from a sale, which guys don't buy your first horse from a sale, go ride it, go try it out. Um, do not buy from a sale, buy privately anyway yeah don't buy from a sale but he bought this horse from a sale and in the sale they had probably I think they had like three kids on this horse's back they were standing on his back swinging ropes doing all this stuff and this horse was just boom 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 like excellent great and so he bought it thinking oh perfect like I can do anything on this horse and and um his was a slightly unique situation in that the saddle that he put on this horse was um it curved around too much and so it had a it was it was a unique saddle but in any case the the bottom of the skirts wrapped around and dug into this horse's sides because it was a big barreled horse um, and this saddle I think had maybe sat too long and curled around a, a saddle rack um so anyway he had ridden this horse for the first month 
ish that he had it and it was great went on the trails was fine but then he noticed it starting to get a little like antsy and worried and stuff and and it threw him and you know he's a older guy retired like he doesn't want to be coming off a horse i mean nobody wants to but especially when you start getting a little bit older like that you know that's that's pretty scary and um so then he came to me to kind of help problem solve with this horse and we went through all of the checks you know we checked his tack we checked everything sure enough that saddle was digging so we switched saddles and um worked through some of the mindset stuff with this horse but this guy because of his fear behind it as well as just being a beginner and this horse had gone from being a ranch horse that was worked multiple hours a day with a very handy rider of just boom 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 go 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 this is what I need you to do do it now to a rider that was like I'm not so sure I can trust you now and the uncertainty of his rider as well as you know he did have that pain but you know we fixed that issue he ended up we thought we had worked through all the issues and the horse was doing well. And we were, he had been riding him several times in the arena and we hadn't seen any big issues. And uh, then one day he went to swing his leg over and started bucking and, and dumped him again. And so we, we opted to, to sell him and we sold him honestly as what he was. I was very clear in his um, inability to be a beginner horse. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just crazy to me because if you would have seen that horse at the sale, you would have said, absolutely. Like you can throw three kids on this thing. You can swing this rope on this thing. Of course he's going to be perfect. But between the, you know, the fear of the rider and the, the lack of um, confident leadership from a rider that's really handy and knows what they're doing. Some of those ranch horses can get really lost where they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I like, what do you want me to do here? And so then their mind starts being like, well, should I be worried about this? Well, should I do this? And like, you're not telling me what to do. So then my instincts are going to start kicking in and um, I, you just see their confidence go down. So like another example that there was no pain issue involved in it, because this one was a little unique with that. Um, I had a, a young girl that took lessons from me. I helped her buy her first horse and she ended up buying this big 17 hand. Um, he had been a feedlot horse. And before that, he'd been a pickup horse at rodeos. So if you have ever seen the pickup men in rodeos, those horses have to ride up next to a bucking horse, pick up a cowboy. That cowboy comes off however which way he possibly can from a bucking animal. And sometimes these cowboys are like over the back of the rump, you know, like they're they'll fall over like all over the place so there's just like you would think this horse could handle anything right and um had he not had such a confident girl riding him he would have had some major issues so um for instance he, he was a lot more go than whoa you know, he was just like this high energy working horse that just, and he's huge. I mean, massive. He was a quarter horse, but he had to have been mixed with something because he was just massive. Um, and it was interesting to me because she would be riding him and then she'd be like, oh, he's, he's scared of this or he's nervous of this. And I actually had to kind of help her a little bit realize that he's not scared of it. You're scared that he's scared of it right yep, <laughs> so because yep. I'm like he has handled everything you could imagine he was 17 years old so you know he had been there done that been to every rodeo situation you could think of and like I don't know if people have seen feedlot horses either but 
cows here and there and other cowboys here and there ropes and like all this stuff and it's 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 a hectic environment as well and you could tell he was just used to that and and um she handled him very very well because she was very high confidence and she wasn't scared by his speed and his um intensity so she actually did pretty well with him most beginners would not have been able to handle him very well because her level of confidence was just so high um but that's definitely could have turned into a pretty iffy situation um because he did he would get worried but it was her projecting that worry to him he was just following his leader because that's what he's done his whole life is you're my leader i do what you say and when she was saying i'm worried that you're worried about that he was like okay i'm worried about that <laughs> but then with a few corrections we were able to kind of work on that and fix it and, and it worked out pretty good but definitely something to keep in mind these ranch horses they are used to handy handy riders that are super confident which then also goes into just because you see a kid riding a horse does not mean it is a kid horse <laughs> all kids are not created equal <laughs> with their riding experience so for instance i have a, a family friend that her dad was a horse trader and so he would buy and sell horses and he was and she fully admits this he was not a nice man like he was a liar and like tip what you typically think of with a horse trader where they buy a horse they dope it up and they sell it for a lot more than they bought it for and it's lame and it's got all these issues or it bucks or it does all this stuff and they they just do it to make money and that was essentially what he was and um but he would dope up a horse uh, sometimes he wouldn't dope it but he would put her on it because she was a little girl yeah. but she was handy i mean she could ride anything so they put this little girl up there and sell this horse to people thinking it was safe for little girls mm -hmm. and it was not you know it was, it was not even close to safe for little girls but he did that as a tactic because they know that oh people see kids on horses and then they will buy it as a kid's horse and people will spend all this money on their kids and so just be aware that just because one kid is riding it does not mean that any kid can ride it um, or any beginner can ride it. So finding a horse that is beginner proven is so, so, so like, like that is a deal breaker in my opinion. If I were helping someone buy a first horse now with the knowledge and experience that I have having helped people in the past, um, it would be having a horse that is already experienced in being a kid horse or beginner horse. Um, because you just don't know, like these people, they buy, like I had a client buy a horse from uh, Texas, sight unseen, and she bought a 10-year-old ranch horse and he was too much horse for her, just way too much horse for her. And um, because he just wasn't beginner proven and she was a bit more of a beginner rider, and um so just having one that you know for a fact has been beginner proven is so important oh yeah for sure and let's talk a little bit about what beginner proven means to me camry it means okay they've been in a lesson program for beginner kids right like mm -hmm. those horses like the horses i had in my lesson program 100 percent, your your child could ride right um but that's mm -hmm. because one i vetted them for my lesson program and yeah. then they had hours and hours and hours a week of being ridden by multiple beginner kids so they learned how to be patient they learned you know oh like ignore this little thing but this you know i actually need to go at um 
so looking at like lesson programs that are ready to retire their horses because most lesson programs will need to retire their horses like every two years probably because the horses do get really tired of being ridden by multiple different people with multiple different nuances of how they ride so looking at some lesson programs that are ready to sell some of those beginner horses that that would be a good place to look at as well um and then like i guess another beginner one would be looking at again the horse's history okay go watch this kid ride if it's if it's this kid's horse go watch her ride like does she ride better than you okay then maybe it's <laughs> maybe that horse isn't quite quite the beginner part that you need you know um but what are some other ways that you could say this is a beginner proven horse i mean just seeing videos of them with a young young kid on them that truly is a beginner because you get some of the kids that are getting a little older that can ride like like I said, like crazy. Um, but if they can put their four-year-old on this horse that really like, I mean, if you've ever seen four-year-old steer, it's like, <laughs> and that this horse will plod along and do what it's told, then you know, it's pretty beginner safe because at that age, kids just can't be good enough to be that handy of a rider. You know what I mean? So I think just seeing the, the super young kids on them and not even not even just that, because some people will lead a horse around with their toddler on it, right? And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about separate, not on a lead line that this horse can go around with a, a little kid on. Like Quasi is great for that. I can put teeny tiny kids on him and like Thea, my daughter, that's she's six and she doesn't know much other than just like <laughs> point the nose where you want it to go. <laughs> And she weighs 35 pounds. She is teeny tiny and quasi just up and goes and goes where she wants and does what she wants. And my father-in-law had this horse, Bob, and he was the coolest horse, this big buttermilk buckskin, just huge, big, big, thick guy. And, um, but we, he was really good for beginners because he did not have an ounce of buck in him. I mean, talk about more woe than go. Like you would have to beg this horse, like to even trot. Like, he was just like, do I have to? <laughs> um, but like you put him in a roping box and like, whoo, he could rope. Um, but with kids, he was just this lazy, just never, ever do anything silly. But he started realizing he was also young. So he was one that was a exception to the rule. He was seven or eight when I started putting beginners and kids on him. And because he was just so bomb proof, like there was just nothing you could do to get this horse to do anything, but he, he was young enough and, uh, he figured out he could just push on the bit and go over here and eat some grass instead of going trot like the kid wanted him to. <laughs> so he ended up not being great for lessons because he would just be like, nope, I'm just going to go over here. And he was never dangerous about it. Like he was never going to hurt anybody, but he just didn't want to listen. You know, he was just like, nope, I'm going to do my thing. <laughs> so even then, like, you just never know. That's why we say get the older ones that are used to just like <laughs> go and do and like <laughs> don't have their, uh, their own opinions of wanting to to be in a certain place as much the older ones tend to be a little bit better about that so yeah I agree I agree and then going into that like more woe than go so that's a horse that 
tends to just want to walk around and you have to really kick up to want to like go faster than a walk. And sometimes it doesn't even want to walk, but I would say I would lean towards a more woe horse than a go horse for your first one too, because you're going to get on. And if that horse just takes off and is really hot and hot, like, as in they just get excited about things that's going to most, most beginners, not all beginners, but most beginners, that's going to really like kind of break their confidence a little bit to have a horse that's harder to hold back. Um, so just know yourself and know like what kid you're buying for too. There is going to come a time when the more woe than go is going to be boring for you and you do need a more go horse. But um, for your first horse, I would say get more of the lazy horse that that's going to allow you to really learn how to influence a horse like those horses are mm -hmm. great for you to really learn how to get a horse to listen how to influence it how to engage it um where the more go horses you're gonna have to start to learn how to control and how to relax and it's kind of mm -hmm. it's two opposite sides so I would say go for woe first because they're gonna be a lot more patient with you um and they're not they're gonna be really really good confidence builders yeah well, and like another thing too with that is breeds that tend to be a little bit more that way are like your half drafts, right? Um, and your non-race bred quarter horses. Um, they can be a little bit more on the gentle side. But the problem with half drafts is they can be very pushy. They're bred to be pushy. They Draft horses are bred to pull carts, to pull things and to push into um, that yoke, right? And so... Um, you just have to be aware of that. And so like having like, hopefully you've taken lessons before you buy your first horse and you know how to kind of create space with your horse and, and have boundaries there. So just something to be aware of when you do get those um, lazy horses or those kind of pushy um, half drafts or things like that is um, just watch that pushiness so that it they don't step on your feet or step on your kids or <laughs> things like that. Um, and then with with kids too, uh, as far as like breeds, a lot of people want to get a pony for their kids. Be careful with ponies um, because a lot of ponies have a bad reputation for being little shits, <laughs> right? They, they get away with a lot. And the reason for that is when ponies are really small, not many adults can ride them because they're so small. So when they're ridden by kids a lot, kids are not so consistent, right? They they don't always ask with the same cues and they don't always think through what they're doing. They just get pulled around and yanked around and, and kicked on and, and all those things. And so they tend to um, get away with a lot because of that inconsistency. So um, I would opt for actually a bigger horse, you know, think gentle giant because they, those ones tend to be better because they can be schooled by adults. Um, and then a lot of pony breeds do tend to be hotter on the little on the more go side than whoa uh, depending on the breed of pony um so yeah just just watch for that with ponies that ideal size for me i mean i'm a petite person so i can get on those ponies would be like 12 13 hands if your kids still wanted something smaller um because some kids get intimidated by something so big <laughs> but um but yeah that's that if you get into much smaller than that where an adult can't really hop on and and help keep that pony uh, mentally sound and and give it a little bit more consistency than you could end up with a little bit of <laughs> bucking and silliness like my husband's first horse was a Shetland 
<laughs> some of the the times he got thrown just cracked me up <laughs> but it, with him like he didn't it didn't throw his confidence at all like it was just like okay get back on <laughs> and that builds character too I think to to ride you know like a next step up horse like that that uh, that'll help you get to the next level but definitely yeah. not for your first one you don't want to be getting thrown all the time <laughs> no no well and just to talk about ponies because I have had a lot of ponies in like my programs and things um and I, I agree with you if you're gonna get it for your first horse it needs to be big enough that an adult can school it um mm -hmm. whether that's whoever you're going to for lessons a trainer or even like if you're you're a little bit of a better rider for you to be able to sit on it um I really like like the fjords and the welshes mainly because they're going to be a little bit bigger you can hop on them and I've just I've um, had more experiences with those I have had some like miniature horses and Shetlands but we would run into that same issue it's like okay well they're running away with the kid now there's not much I can do about it you know I can hand drive them and I can lunge them and I can you know do that kind of thing but I cannot hop on and say no when I do this you've got to behave and, and do this right so I I agree with that I would also say too if you've got a little little kid you're looking for a horse for ponies are amazing um especially ones who have been like party ponies and who are used yeah. to having kids like crawl all over them and they're good the 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 drawback there is they are they have learned to follow the leader so when you are walking them and you're in front of them they will follow you like no problem <laughs> but you let that kid try to do it themselves and they're not going to be able to like the the horse will not listen um but for like little little kids i really like the little miniature horses just because i mean and if they do fall off like the ponies are nice because your kid is going to be safer where you get your half drafts and you're looking at you know 15 hands is probably going to be the shortest and most of them and then they're going to go up and falling falling from that especially the smaller kid that you have the more injuries you're going to have as well so i wouldn't yeah. say completely knock off the pony but definitely like camry said get a big enough pony that someone can school it or if your kids are really really little you can go for the smaller ones just realize when your kids are ready you're, they're gonna need something else yeah for sure awesome well i think we covered pretty much everything with uh what to look for with your first horse um if you guys have questions you can definitely send us apparently you can send us voice messages on yes. anchor and you can and spotify <laughs> you can email us and and um yeah so if you have any questions if you're looking at buying your first horse or getting into the horse industry then let us know yeah have fun looking thank you for listening to the horsewoman project if you have a story to tell please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.